0: guys we are back with season two of hot to trot we're super excited had a nice little break got our our heads together reflected on the podcast of season one got to ask our fans a little insight on how they liked and what they didn't like and how we can do better and i think we're ready to evolve to a bigger and better
1: hot to trot so donnell i'm excited to be here with you I know. Thank you to everyone that did our feedback and listened to season one. We're really excited for season two. We have a bunch planned. We already started filming some, a lot of good interviews. So be on the lookout for season two. It's gonna it's gonna be a long season two. Like season one I feel like went quick, but season two, we're gonna be going into hardcore race season. So we're gonna be really busy.
0: And you're not going to just get interviews season two we're going to talk a lot about the horses racing and upcoming races and events and we're going to be at the tracks and doing some stuff on youtube live so we got a, a full spring and summer ahead of us we have big dreams
1: big dreams we dream big we like it. We want to bring you guys as much content as we can from our Pennsylvania racetracks. I mean, half of our tracks are open now. Um, Pocono is now open. The Meadows races all year. Parks, Penn National. Harris will be open April 12th. And then um, Prescott Downs opens May 20th. So come May, all six tracks will be racing and we're going to be busier than ever. But we love it. We love busy season. Stake season mm-hmm. starts. Harness racing fair season. It's exciting. I love that. Yeah, we fares. love it.
0: So yeah, you know what else I loved? I loved having a little time off. Even though it really wasn't time off for either of us, we were trying to cram in as much family and personal time as we could since we weren't filming. So you took a little trip to old sunny Florida. Tell us about that.
1: I did. I have a two year old down there training PA Bred. She's a better's wish. Her name's Katie Canwish. I call her Katie. She's super cute, plain bay nothing flashy about her but yeah she's down there training for the winter so she lives a better life than me i'm up here in pennsylvania being cold and she gets to go down to florida stay warm and she's not going to come up here till when the weather breaks so i'm really excited hopefully you see me on like the stake action this year with my two-year-old philly that's i'm manifesting it i'm putting it out in the universe Just find me in the winter circle please <laughs> hopefully will be fun even if we just you know I'm just excited to have a two-year-old this year usually I have aged horses and it's exciting to do something a little different so with the young ones I'm excited yeah. for you
0: well you had some travel complications I got some texts from you <laughs> want share with our listeners how you should never be a travel agent
1: yeah if you need me to plan a trip don't ask me first of all my plane made us sit on the plane for an hour before we even took off because the door wasn't working shout out airlines like they truly suck and i know that and i just torture myself anyway and then i'm you know my blonde hair came out and i booked a flight home I flew into West Palm Beach, but my flight home was from Key West. That West really threw me through a loop. So I'm going to check into my flight home and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look right. So yeah, Allegiant got a call and they were like, oh my God, we'll change your flight. I think they felt bad that I was just that stupid. So, you know, they hooked me up, but it still worked out. Just don't ask me to do any plans for you. It's not good.
0: But it made it more complicated because I told you, oh, girl, I went to Key West last year. You should just go. And you're like, oh, but we couldn't get the car
1: rental. Because my flight was so late from the door being stuck, thanks to Spirit, the car rental place was already closed when we landed. So, yeah, it it was a rough trip, but it it turned out good. I was happy to see my horse. That was the goal. I got to do that. Other than that, traveling's not my thing. But you know what? It is what it is it just that's why
0: that's why there's people that do it for you like that's they're made for people like you they're called traveling agents
1: you know what shout out to travel agents because i need all the help i can get i a weekend trip you thought i could handle that i can't i'm not good but you were busy while i was gone too we have where where is your son going states right
0: yeah for wrestling so he uh we were at his qualifying districts and he placed second for district six which is like um adams dolphin hanover or i don't know and york Not only did he place oh.
1: he left with how many black eyes
0: that was the week before that was at wilson that was another wrestling tournament the weekend before a kid headbutted him he had two black eyes he placed third at that tournament so i've been doing nothing but being like wrestling mom mode um I am my son's personal bagel maker. Those are the reasons I have I have to come. Is I make the bagels perfectly the way he likes them: regular bagel, peanut butter, drizzled with honey and raisins. Yeah, you can
1: make me a bagel. I would eat that. Not the raisins. Hold the raisin.
0: He likes the raisins, a little extra, a little um unsfa. So I have to make the bagels and bring the bagels. Mom's bagels are the best. No one else does them like mom. And I am the camera person, of course. I am the one, like, kneeling down, (laughs) like, getting all the shots and making sure I get the right angles and putting together his little sizzle reels. But, um, yeah, and he's done really well. I'm super proud of him. He's a very dedicated kid. Um, He's been working really hard, literally, (laughs) since the summer. He puts his own money um, into his you know, training, so he pays for his gym membership, and it, wrestling's done really good for him, so we're very proud of him, and then I got my little guy who finished up his first season of basketball, Why, my little hoopsters, um, I know nothing about basketball, I never played, nor did I ever date a guy that played basketball, so I'm like, yay like I don't know I were he bounced (laughs) the ball too many times or he held it or he didn't like I'm I'm trying to learn I watched a couple YouTubes but yeah I've been busy boy mom sports mom mode and just staying here in old chilly PA while you're out
1: jet setting and not getting your rental car yeah you know the price of travel But you know what? I was warm. You talk about being cold. I got burnt, so I was happy to be nice and crisp. Oh. I want warmth. It will come soon.
0: Hey, we're almost there. We're in the middle of falling season right now so that's fun we got the full cams up that was also a little you know reason for the break that we took was we had to get those full cams up so if you haven't already tuned into those we're at delval um waiting for our mayor to full out i think she's due march
1: 12th What's remind me the name of this this one's february 28th brooke blue chip Uh, so she's our next money. yeah we we already had one full she's so cute the little american pharaoh full a, she's huge she came out so big but she's beautiful so that was that whisper winds, and now we're at valle waiting for our first fool from there hopefully it's a cult i feel like we always have a lot of phillies we do have waiting a lot for of fillies
0: i love when you watch the video like justine holds up the philly sign like with such pride at the end of the foaling. she's like yeah, i got a philly so and shout out to Jalen our uh, content coordinator here at phra you and i slept through the full cam and justine texting us we were waiting for twisty to fold for like five days she was already waxing and i was like you know what i'm going to sleep i'm taking the melatonin you were out jalen was the only soldier on duty
1: so we're getting really excited for the road to the derby because a pa bred got the points over at aqueduct uncle heavy so we're really excited butch reed he's um based out of parks so they went up to Aqueduct. He got 20 points to towards the Kentucky Derby. So I think on the leaderboard now he's sitting eighth Ashley or something like that. I follow the Kentucky Derby page all the time. So we're always retweeting that. So make sure you're staying up to date, but we hope to see a PA Bred in the Kentucky Derby again.
0: Yeah, Butch is is fantastic. He's a trainer out at Parks. I um I'm friends with Mark Reed and Barbara Reed, who are the breeders. And little fun fact uh, Uncle Heavy was one of the last uh, foals born on the full cam at their uh, farm. They were our first farm uh, for the full cams because Mark was so gracious enough and knew me from Maryland to allow us to install the full cams at uh, Walnut Green. So we were there and um, filming, and my one of my very best friends, Kirsten, was on the scene. She was by herself uh, and he was a big foal. I. She called me like as soon as that race was over and she was just like almost in tears like, oh my God, that was one of the last ones I fold for Mark and Barb and I can't believe he did it. I'm for sure definitely hoping really much he's going, <laughs> but if he does, I think I might have to to buy the ticket and go see uh, him race there at the Kentucky Derby because that was just an awesome moment um, to see. Because you really, it's cool to see, and that was the whole point of these full cams was, you know, seeing them from the very start seeing all the time and all the hands and all the effort and then when they get to like and it's not even it's huge that it's the kentucky derby but even when a horse makes it to a racetrack it's a huge accomplishment for the farm for the people that were a part of those beginning years and those beginning steps towards this horse's you know journey and of course you always want the journey to to lead to the kentucky derby and the fact that you know one of the horses at the farm is getting there or could possibly
1: get there. It's amazing. It like gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of time and effort. I mean, these babies have two years before they're ready to go. That's a lot of time, money, effort. And this, I mean, this is the dream that you have a fool going to the Kentucky Derby. So hopefully it obviously has a special place in our heart since he was born on full cams. Like we have that little connection with them. So it's really exciting we can't wait to see what else he does amazing things so and um, it
0: couldn't happen to better better people mark and butch they're their brothers it's a great family dynamic barbara she keeps everybody in line uh, i just i have the most up respect for the reed family and they have done a lot for me they've given me a lot of opportunities and let me you know kind of barge into their barn with cameras and run wires and sp- spend hours upon hours there trying to figure out how to live stream because I did not know what I was doing. And it was a lot of Googling and a lot of hanging out. And can I come warm up in the house and warm up my lunch?
1: <laughs> so All that hard I, work
0: paid off. It did. And it's a lot easier now to set up and get those full cams running. I finally figured it out. I finally figured it out.
1: Knock on wood. Don't jinx ourselves. <laughs>
0: oh well i'm excited we have a lot of you know good things coming up in the harness world we got dan patch
1: yeah so by the time this airs we'll be able to find out who was pacer of the year trotter of the year and obviously horse of the year so it's really exciting there's a lot of horses that were racing on the pa sire stakes so we're gonna see i mean this year is gonna be hard there were a lot of good horses um you know tim teacher confederate is up for pacer of the year, possibly horse of the year. A lot of people have said that he's good chances of being horse of the year. So we'll see if this plays out and my predictions, right? Cause that's who I think will be horse of the year. But we had Tim on the podcast for season one. So we talked a little bit about what it was like to drive him. So I'm excited, but I mean, you know, the Burks have their horses on there. Ronnie has by the missile, which he's Ohio bred, but um, he's also a former Adios winner. So He's one of the horses. He's older Pacer of the year. Yeah, but we'll see who's Pacer, Trotter, and Horse of the Year. I'm excited to see a lot of good horses in that category. So, Yeah, there is. Well, we'll just have to tune in, and
0: uh, we'll do a little follow-up, let you guys know in the next episode. So, But I want to talk a little bit about the influencer scene that we have seen kind of spiking lately in the horse racing industry. So at Pegasus Cup, they had Alex Earl, for those of you who don't know. She's a a very well-known, very largely followed influencer on TikTok. Makeup girly, influencer, lifestyle, and she did Riders Up. And it had some mixed reviews, but I, I get it
1: yeah i think like you know i get the old school way she doesn't really have anything to do with horse racing but listen she has six million followers and she made i think six videos all of them with over two million views two million people were introduced to horse racing she was going to the pegasus cup she was doing a get ready with me she did a couple videos there like that's a lot of eyeballs on your sport. And if you can get just a small percentage of those people to say like, Hey, that was kind of cool. I want to go check out the racist, like near me, or maybe they are going to golf stream, whatever it is. I mean, that's awesome. So I think the influencer world is something that it's not bad to tap into. I mean, these girls and guys too are out there getting all these views and eyeballs on them. And think about like for me personally, like I watch TikToks all the time. And if a girl or someone is like, wow, this makeup, amazing. Like the foundation I'm wearing, it was a viral TikTok foundation. So like I am easily influenced. Yeah. I see, weird. that was all over yeah. TikTok.
0: All over TikTok. This is the Duck Plump Lip Gloss by NYX and Cardi it, B. The, yeah. It makes your lips pump. I went and I bought it. I bought it the week I saw it. I saw so many people using it and talking about it. And I have to say, this stuff bites. It tingles. It not does. It stings. It doesn't tingle. It stings. But she pumps. She good. You could try it. $13. But I was influenced. I'm wearing yep. it now. So I, I like it. I mean, also, like, talking about TikToks, so I'm constantly scrolling on, you know, TikTok, too. And I started seeing all these harness racing hats on predominantly, you know, celebrities and podcasters. And I'm like, Don L, what's up with this? Like everyone's wearing these harness racing logoed hats and you have, uh, I'm a little bit older generation. So explain it to me.
1: The Siegelman racing stable. So he I'm not sure how he built out the brand like he did, but it's been amazing. Max Siegelman, um, Wendy Ross from USTA has done some interviews with him. He did a collaboration with the Hamiltonian, And, you know, his hats have been seen on everyone. You have from like influencers like Josh Richards, Dave Portnoy, up to A list celebrities like Kendall Jenner, a lot of NBA players have worn them, football players. I mean, I. I would say when I scroll through TikTok, I at least see two people every time I'm on TikTok wearing one of his hats or his hoodies. And it's amazing because coming from a harness racing world, you don't see a lot of our gear. So when you do and you see a harness racing horse on a celebrity's hat, like I remember the first time I saw it on Kendall Jenner, I was like, Oh my God, Kendall Jenner has a harness racing horse on her hat. So, you know, Siegelman, um, he's doing a great job. So I have to give him mad props for the company that he's built and really getting his name and brand out there. So hopefully we one day get to talk to him and ask him a little bit about it because I am very curious. And I mean, I give him a crazy amount of props because I'm so impressed with everyone I see wearing his gear. I saw Scott
0: Disick wearing it and I was like, I even commented on the video. I'm like, do you like harness racing? Like a super dork. Like he's going to (laughs) reply. But I like just had to like put it. I was like, this is so weird. And then like I saw another video and then another video. And I'm like, what am I missing? This is like really cool. Because you're right. Like you don't, especially harness. Like you don't see like someone's logo out there and like the celebrity world like it's blatantly displayed i mean these guys are wearing it on purpose like they're wearing it where it's going to be seen so it's it's really cool and um doesn't it he he does a lot
1: of stuff for um kids too like a lot of benefiting with children with his branding and yeah that was originally how it was made so his dad was in harness racing and had a stable and then he did a lot of charity with um, kids and things like that I, I would have to like really look it up because I don't want to say the <laughs> wrong thing but yeah he did charity work And then his son wanted to carry on their stable name. So that's the Max Siegelman who's like really built the brand out. But they have a nice, like a beautiful website because obviously I think those hats are so cool. I had to get on there and, you know, shop around. And Dan Patch, the Harness Youth Foundation is doing a silent auction right now. So they actually have some Siegelman gear that they're auctioning off. So I've been watching that like a hawk and started my bidding account so that I can get in on that action because I was like, oh, well. If i could help out the harness youth foundation get a cool siegelman hat it's a win-win for everyone so you know hopefully you'll see me in a hat next time so that's all i'm saying
0: i saw they were doing that i was thinking yeah i should get maybe we'll end up bidding
1: against each other how funny (laughs) it's gonna be a bidding war (laughs) i'll let you have it
0: we got a lot of fun holidays coming up we have saint patrick's day So that is going to be a fun show, a celebration, get our two Irishmen on. And um, also, you know, this road to the Derby and then also some opening days uh, at the racetrack. So I'm super excited. We're going to be on the road again coming up soon, running all around. So don't get used to this set because we're going to be going mobile and we've been trying to put together our mobile set ideas so um we're we're excited for a lot of new adventures as we roll into the racing season
1: i know i can't wait to be back at the tracks i always love the track atmosphere with the racing especially in the summertime it's just a good vibe so you're gonna see us there hopefully bringing you some interviews and stuff so make sure you when you see us stop by say hi we're excited to get back out there though see all the fans I love some gamblers yelling and getting that cheering to get that winning ticket home. Oh, I'm also really excited. I saw the Meadows announced that in March they're starting this new like lucky 7 bet. So, you're going to see me trying to play that. I'm really excited. Well, you know I will be playing it. You'll be We're going to be splitting it. tickets. we <laughs> yeah. split our tickets. Okay, well, I'll go in I'll halves for you for sure. Yeah, see, I'm excited. So, lots coming from our racetrack. So,
0: yeah, you can't, you, it doesn't take much to talk me in on putting in for a ticket, splitting a ticket. I'm, I'm, no, there.
1: that's, that's the great thing about horse betting, though. Like, you can spend $2, $6. Like, you just need a little bit of money to have some fun. And then, you know, if you want to spend more than that, you can, but you can just use a little bit just to get in on some action. And that's what's think- fun about it.
0: Yeah, but I also think doing it with a friend is fun, too, because then, like, you can bounce. Like, I like to do my picks and then look at your picks and go, okay, what did you see in that horse that I didn't see? And you, vice versa, like, uh, I'm a little nervous about this one. Did you look at it from this angle? Did you look at, you know, his t- he's been off for a little bit. We're, we're putting blinkers on. I think I think we got a chance here. And by no way am I saying, like, I'm a handicapper.
1: I am not.
0: <laughs> I am. A, we like to think a, we are. <laughs> oh, I'm not a panic guy. I like to bet I don't always win. I love it when I win. I'm a fan of wagering. And I think yep. it's just, I think it's fun to do with people. Like, yep. in conglomeration. Because then, like, you're watching the races, you're texting each other. It does suck when you get, like, knocked out of your pick six in, like, the fourth race. And you're like, I don't even want to watch the rest no of the talk races. No one talked to me. <laughs> yeah. Because, it always happens that, like, I'll get knocked out in, like, the fourth leg, and then I'll watch the last two,
1: and I would have had it. I would have had it. Yeah. And then I Same. get more mad. Just miss it by one. <laughs> or, like, when they're so close and your horse loses by, like, literally a nose hair, and you're like, Winnet. oh, my God, they're on my whole ticket.
0: Yeah. Yep. yep. And I but put it a lot of fun. time. Yeah. I put a lot of time into my tickets, and, and I do bounce them off some people, and, and
1: i I always need reassurance (laughs) yeah i don't know why unless there's a horse that i'm like oh this horse is high odds it's gonna get there today then i'm probably not gonna share it maybe um if you're nice like chalk i'm not chalky i like see i I love a long shot i love a good long shot i i don't if it's a favorite i'm not really gonna bet you know but a long shot i'm in for i like a horse that has been racing good, but no one's really noticed. And you're okay. like, this is his week. I can feel it. Yeah, I do too. I, I love those
0: out of the blues. Mm-hmm. You just have like a gut feeling. It's it's his day. It's her yeah. day. She's gonna shine. So. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited because uh, I gotta repunish the old Amtrak account, the old Twin Spires account, all of the betting accounts. I don't have just one. It depends on who has, like, the better bonuses <laughs> for go that day. I, I do. I um, I have them all. And that's who I, I place my bets on. But I got to go through and re-tally up uh, the, the budget. Ready. Yep. It's that time of year where I, I replenish the accounts. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get out to the track, see our people, see our fair people. Mm -hmm. We had the fair banquet. That was
1: fun. I danced all night. Ashley did. She was a little dancing queen. I I danced a little bit, and then I was like, okay, I'm done. My feet are tired. You and Jalen just pointed and laughed. Yeah. I had the moves. Me and Wyatt, we took the floor by storm. Yeah, I'm a chair dancer. I like to just be bop away. And people watch.
0: I had a lot to watch with me.
1: The thing is, you just got to have fun. That's what this is all about. All
0: righty. Well, we're going to jump into this episode of Hot to Trot, and we're so excited to welcome Jessica Paquette, announcer from Parks Racing, and hope you guys enjoy season two of Hot to Trot.
1: Yeah. What better way to kick off International Women's Day than with Jessica Paquette? So let's get it started. Well, Jessica, thank you for joining us. We have the voice of Parks Racing. She's been making history for women in the racing industry. So we're so excited to have you, Jessica. What have you been up to?
2: I mean, mostly I yell while horses turn left and I color a lot. So that's, so that's kind of been it. I'm having a great time here at Parks. I've been here since November of 2022, which seems like a really long time ago now. Um, but yeah, I made, made the booth home. I'm having a lot of fun.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: Well, we're so excited to have you here today, especially with International Women's Day coming up on March 8th. And we just want to know, and I know you've probably told this story a hundred times, but for the listeners that haven't heard it, um, how did you get into horse racing?
2: So I got into horse racing as a little kid. I was like the weird horse crazy little girl. And I grew up in a city and we didn't have horses. Horses were like a lifetime away. And we also didn't have much money. So, I mean, I would like, take a lesson once a week here and there when I could. But horses seemed far away for me. So I fell in love with horse racing when I was like 12 or 13. And this will show how old I am. We had a... uh, There was a local realtor who had a horse that was on the derby trail he was a really good two-year-old and that got a lot of publicity in our local newspaper the Lowell Sun. so i would get the newspaper at my house and I'd go oh look there's a horse in the newspaper this is cool and his name was blazing sword and i fell very much in love with racing from there um, just having that local connection and being able to kind of feel like that was our hometown horse even though he was not from Massachusetts he was a Florida bred. he had never stepped hoof in Massachusetts Um, and then I got involved with an organization called Kids to the Cup in 1999 Uh, we a bunch of weird horse kids we met on the AOL message boards having like fan clubs for our favorite horses and arguing over whether Silver Charm was better than skip away that sort of thing and Trudy McCaffrey who owned Freehouse and some other prominent racehorses she had this vision to bring young people who were not born into the sport into racing. So she found us on the internet, and her, along with John DeSantis and Kate and Bradar, brought us to kind of all the big races, the Breeders' Cup and the Triple Crown, and showed us the very best of Thoroughbred Racing. And the real testament to Trudy's vision is that now, 20-something, 30 years later, uh, many of us actually still, many of us work in the sport, and we are all kids that wouldn't have had that foot in the door without Trudy and John. Wow. That's amazing. Now, you're a communication girly
0: like us. (laughs) It's a start in the industry. What made you like make the turn into announcing? And did you see yourself and your career path going in this
2: direction? Well, to be honest, I was like an ugly, duckling, goofy kid. So I never really thought about working on air. Uh, I just wanted to be a journalist. And I started my first job in racing was, I mean, I was hot walking at Rockingham Park, but then I interned in their publicity office with Lynn Snearson. And from there, I went to Suffolk Downs as their publicity intern and wound up kind of staying forever until I was their SVP of marketing. But I wound up having my first opportunity on air as an attic person simply because the kid that did it back then at Suffolk just didn't show up one day. And I was just kind of writing my little press releases and they were like, hey, Des, do you want to go do the camera stuff? And I said, OK, um, why not? And that's kind of the OK, why not? has <laughs> been What's gotten me everywhere? That's been my approach to most of the big jobs over the years was OK
0: just yeah, try why not.
2: <laughs> why not I think the like the why not me mentality right and I think as women we often will talk ourselves out of opportunities thinking that there's someone more qualified or more experienced or more whatever so I think the um the why not me kind of mentality has been very helpful
1: exactly I mean why not give it a try you never know and like look where you landed I mean it's been an amazing journey with that mentality so it's working out for you
2: it's been it's been amazing horses have taken me to places kind of beyond my wildest dreams. When I was a kid, I never thought I'd be the announcer because I didn't see a woman doing it. It never even occurred to me as a kid that this was a job for a woman because there was no representation of such so I mean I'm hoping there's a next generation of little kids that will come and take my job someday.
1: I know we need we need more women announcers. I think it's been great, which. I mean, how did you decide that this was what you wanted to do, that you want to announce and give that a try? Because obviously you did paddock interviews and things like that, and you wanted to take another step.
2: Well, I called my first race at Suffolk Downs in 2014, um, just a one-off. There was a tornado in the area, and somehow we were still racing. And the announcer, T.D. Thornton, was stuck in traffic. So I was the only one kind of there that could do it. So we just did it. Um, I mean, it was not good. I couldn't even stomach listening to it at this point. I'm sure I'm sure it was really bad. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, like the greatest thrill I've ever had at the racetrack, like jumping out of an airplane. And that was fun. And I thought it was a one-off. And then quite a few years later, um, right after the pandemic, Sam Houston needed a fill-in quarter horse announcer. And I had done some handicapping for them. And they said, hey, Jess, you want to try this for a weekend? And I said, why not? Sure. What's the worst that can happen? And it was super fun and super hard. Um, then I went back the next year and did it again and did some Harvard races. And I kind of thought to myself at that point that I was like, oh, this is really fun. Like I could really, I wouldn't mind doing this. And I kind of put out into the universe, like I'm a, I'm a manifestation sort of girly too, um, that by the time I was 40, I wanted to have an announcing job. I mean, I kind of envisioned it on a much smaller scale than, you know, a major circuit year round, but you, know, you ask the universe and it gives you tenfold back.
1: Was that a big adjustment from the Quarter Horses to the Thorbreds?
2: Oh my God, yes. Um, and most of my experience had been calling Quarter Horses where they go 250 yards, they're off, it's done, and that's it. So learning to tell a story, not just tell the winner was a, was a real learning curve I'm, for sure.
1: I give you props because I, one, don't think I can pay attention to be the announcer enough, <laughs> let alone, like, my eyesight's horrible. I'd be like, I'm not really sure who's out there. Like, wait till <laughs> the end. Wait till they're closer. So I it's give you I mean, props I
2: really, for that. I I have really good binoculars that help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my sure. thing is, is, like, being able to forget the last race. Like, clean slate. Different horses are out there. Different names. Like, how do you guys like reset your brains? Like, I could never reset my brain like that.
2: Your, your brain's like an etch a sketch, or am I like you just kind of shake it and then off to the next one? Um, the hard thing though is um, that I have found because there are quite a few prominent owners here that have multiple horses and on a card. So you know when there's like an Ed Coletti Uptown Charlie Brown big bay horse in those navy and gray silks and then there's another one in the next race your brain's kind of still stuck that it's the the last one sometimes um so stuff like that gets does get a little bit tricky and it is funny the way your brain there are some horses um my brain just will not like i have a hard time absorbing them um and it's usually the same one every time and that is inevitably the horse that wins by the way when it, you're in the post when you're in the post brain you're like why can't i keep this one in my brain that's you know that's the one that's gonna win
1: I'm gonna have to text you to make a bet on that one. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> who's not sticking with you right now? <laughs> right. So
0: if you were not in the racing industry, where would you see your career being right now?
2: Oh, I have no other skill set or interest. I have no idea. It's I my job has my life has only been with horses and in racing. It's been a part of every job. It's who I am. It's not just kind of what I do. I have no idea what I would
1: do if I wasn't in racing. I know I see you're a horse show girly. So tell us a little bit about that cuz I love it. I love your posts with your beautiful pal but I do you call him a palomino considered. He is yeah. a
2: palomino. He's okay. a palomino paint. He is um so that's, I love him. Uh, that- <laughs> I do too. That's Emilio. So I do um I do horse show. I broke my back in a riding accident to uh two and a half years ago or so now in October of 2020 and I had a great off the track thoroughbred who was what a trippy who we competed in the hunters he was a mate like a horse of a lifetime but then right when i came back from my injury he gave me a few months to get my confidence back in the saddle and then he made it clear he was done he wanted to retire so if i was going to really start jumping and horse showing again i had to find a new partner and after a catastrophic injury that is really hard to kind of trust that the thing you're going to sit on is not going to try to you know kill you um but my trainer found me an absolute saint um amelio is a paint he's a clydesdale thoroughbred cross. He is very flashy, and he's the kind of horse that, you know, you hope you're behaving well at the horse show because everyone's going to notice you. You can't fade into the background on the Palomino paint. Uh, But we do uh, the hunters, the jumpers, a little bit of equitation when I don't ride like a potato. So he's fun. He just goes in any ring with a smile on his face. Every amateur should have one of these at one point in their life. We're going to Ohio um, the end of February for uh, kind of our biggest horse show of the year.
1: Oh, that's exciting. How did you decide to like get back on and go back into the horse showing world like after an injury like that?
2: It's just who I am. It's just who I am. Riding um, is, it it gives me such great joy to have that partnership. And I'm an athlete as well. So I do like to be competitive and kind of climb the next mountain, so to speak. I will say uh, when I first started riding again, at first, I was just like, I didn't think I'd ride again here we are this is great and then I was like oh I don't I I don't know if I'll ever jump again and then I started jumping and I said okay I you know we're never gonna do more than the two three and or then we did the two three and we're then we did the two six and now we're gonna kind of do the two nine three foot this year and I um, Emilio has given me confidence and safety and security and made um, some of my riding dreams much bigger than I thought they'd be even before my injury
1: Oh, that's so nice. A good horse is hard to find, so I love he's
2: he's worth his weight in gold.
1: Oh, a soul horse.
0: He's cool. He's a good kid. So you talked about being an athlete and you're in a very accomplished marathon runner. Talk to us about what and you work out every morning. I follow you religiously (laughs) on Instagram. As you know, I'm probably one of your top fans because I'm always constantly liking it as I'm laying in bed watching you already on the steer machine and i'm going good for her <laughs> what does that do for your mental like like as you're preparing for races and things like that is this like a really like something you need to be able to
2: do the job that you do and do it well if i was a horse i'd be the kind that had a lot of staple vices i'd i'd be a stall walker um i'd need to be lunged i i am I'm certainly at my best when I'm able to move a lot. I am very caffeinated. I drink a lot of coffee. I have a lot of energy, and I do fit a lot into the day. But I, yeah, I, I run marathons. Um, I've run three uh, since my injury. That, and I'm re- you know just very grateful to be able to do that and to be able to push my body that way. I'm running the Berlin Marathon in September, raising money for Alzheimer's research. In doing so, which will that will be my fourth. Uh, world major. There are six of them. You get a big shiny medal if you do all six. I love a big shiny medal. So (laughs) that's kind of the ultimate goal.
0: Well, you just took my next question of what's next for the marathons. And do you have any goals that
2: you want to reach? Is that it? So I'm running the Vermont Marathon in May as well. That's just kind of for fun. Um, I want to qualify for Boston at some point. Um, The qualifying times are are very tight. It's a very competitive marathon to qualify for. I am short I have a broken back. I am not an elite runner, so I am. It's a it's a long term goal to get fast enough to Boston qualify.
1: All this running and traveling, you have to have a pretty good playlist. So give us a couple hints of what's on your playlist. Oh, I love
2: music. It's the thing I love most besides horses. I'm kind of a pop punk sort of gal, like New Found Glory, Augustana, The Juliana Theory, Jimmy Eat World. That's quite, essentially like sad boys with guitars is my jam. Mm-hmm. I
0: love Jimmy Eat World. That oh, takes me back. That takes me back to like high school little angsty times.
2: Yeah, we're all girls of a certain age here. Like, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Wow. So do you listen to any podcasts as you're uh, traveling or any favorites?
2: I do listen to yours and I listen to Jason Beam's podcast. Jason's one of my best friends. Um, and his podcast is great. I also... Do a, do some books on tape, I do some audibles occasionally if I'm re, if I'm reading something or if I just want a little bit more entertainment on my long drives. Uh, I do like the I like the audibles that are the um theatrical adap- adaptations
0: That's cool. yeah, I like the audibles, too, but mine's always like crime and murder.
2: Uh, sure. <laughs> the uplifting <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> and I'm always listening to them before I go to sleep. And my husband's like, "Can you put your headphones on because <laughs> I don't need to hear about that woman get lured into the woods again.
2: But if they say there's puppies in the woods, of course you're going to go. We're going. yeah.
0: All right. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your dogs, um, since I said puppy. And you have two adorable dogs, and they're a unique breed. I don't see very many of them, you know, out and about.
2: I have two English Bull Terriers. Um, one of them's fourteen. He's Gibbs. I've had him forever since he was a puppy. And then our other one is Eve. She is of unknown age. I think she's forever four because she acts like a puppy, but she like we've had her for like six years, so she is not four. She came through the Bull Terrier rescue system. She was born deaf and she had gotten hit by a car um, and found in a ditch on Christmas Eve. That's how she got her name from the rescue folks. Um, so one of her legs doesn't really work that great, but she's they're a really funny breed. That I've had them. Um, They're my, I've had four of them over my lifetime. They're, they're amazing. They're, they are not for everybody. They are (laughs) very stubborn. They're very funny, Uh, but they're not for, you have to have a certain sense of humor for them. They're clowns in dog suits.
1: Aw. Well, I guess since you're already being called, you do have a full race card today too, we can throw you in the hot seat if you don't mind. Sure. That sounds great. All right. So, we know you're a Dunkin girlie. What's your Dunkin order?
2: Iced coffee as big as they can make it with a little bit of oat milk.
1: Oh, all
0: right. What is your horse's favorite flavor of pop tart? Blueberry. And what is your favorite flavor of pop tart?
2: I honestly have not eaten one in a million. <laughs> the horse is <years>. eating <laughs> of Um, (laughs) probably blueberry though. Some of them taste uh I've had like bites of his over the years. Some of them taste a little funny.
1: How did you learn that he liked Pop Tarts? You just gave him
2: Yeah, I think there was one at a horse show and I was like, Here, do you want this? I'm not going to eat it. And he was like, I absolutely do. Yes. Yes."
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. I (laughs) love it.
2: It's about time.
1: Oh, that's cute. I had a horse that loved donuts. Like if I had a donut in my hand eating it, he was snatching it out of your hand. It was funny. Okay, if you could have any breed of horse in the world, what would it be?
2: Nothing beats a thoroughbred.
1: I like it. I like that.
0: All right. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Buffy the Vampire
2: Slayer. (gasps) I love that one. It holds up mostly well.
0: It's a good rewatch. Now I'm going to want to rewatch it.
1: What is a must have in the announcer's booth? Colored pencils. Do you ever get tired of coloring? Like, that's a lot of races and horses to be coloring.
2: I can do it so quickly at this point. It, it I, I know the silk so well. It it doesn't take very long.
1: That does help that it's a track that, you know, you're at all the time. And yes. it's the same, not the same people, but kind of.
2: But it will give me absolute rage when someone comes out in house colors and I have to recolor my notes in the post parade. Don't do it. makes the announcer mad i will shame you as you're going in the gate i will always comment if someone's going to the gate in sub silks don't do it
0: what is the best advice you have ever been
2: given as the announcer and this has been the this was like a perspective shift for me was a good friend of mine sent me a text and he said you are not the chart caller you are the announcer and that kind of changed the way i was viewing the race as the announcer that's deep i know I know it was, it was, it was like a, it was, it was a real like light bulb moment for me. It was very important.
1: Good advice. Do you have any hidden talents that no one knows about?
2: No, I'm chronically online. So if I do anything remarkable, I make sure everyone knows about it. Um, No, I have, I I run and I yell while horses turn left. There's nothing else. I can do a handstand pushup. Oh, that is impressive. Yeah, that's, that's about it though. No other skills.
0: That's I'm impressed. I don't know many guys that could do that. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask. Yeah, you. I fall flat. I can't even do a handstand. <laughs> so we do admire your fashion sense. You have put together some amazing outfits. We are coveting that thoroughbred sweater that you've Ooh, been wearing. Thank uh, you. It is on point for us equine chic girlies so is there any fashion trends that you just wish would go away
2: well um, you know trends to, like do what you want to do you like if it makes you feel good if 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 you like it if it makes you happy knock yourself out like i think fashion should be a very personal like you, i think you should have your own sense of style wear things that you like that feel good on your body fashion is for everybody um and just because it's popular doesn't necessarily mean it's for you i think you know
0: where what you like it just kills me now that, you know, girls, these, same, like now my, my son's friends, they're showing up in like cargo pants and the little crop top tees with like the daisy in the middle of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wore yeah. that in eighth grade. This is crazy. Same. same.
2: Like, it, all shoes,
1: it all comes it around. All,
2: it all comes around. It does. Yeah, that's why it's I throw own. away
1: nothing because it will come back into style. So I'm a hoarder of clothes. Same. All right. So we talked a little bit about your social media. You keep everyone up to date. How do people follow you and know what's going on in your life? Because you got a lot going on.
2: At JMPekka. It's on Twitter, Instagram. Easy find if you want to see, you know, running photos and photos of my horse eating things.
1: (laughs) That's cute. We love it.
2: Thank you so much for joining us, today. Thank you, guys. You have a
0: great day and good luck calling the races today.
1: Thanks for
2: listening, and thank you to the Standard Bread Breeders of Pennsylvania for sponsoring Hot to Trot. We'll see you next time.